your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. This is going to be an unusual year, and you know so much about college football players and teams. How much do you know about Alabama this year? <laughs> uh, I don't know enough from this year, but I know everything that I've, I've seen watching tape on them from, from a year ago. I mean, they, they're, they're so used to doing this. That's the thing. Like When you look at LSU, they lost 14 players in the draft. They had an opt-out of a of Jamar Chase, who I think is the best wide receiver in the country. Of those 14, five were first-round picks, and, and Chase would be another one, and that would make six first-round picks. So LSU, yeah, they recruit, but Alabama's used to doing this every single year. And so I think that's the difference. I think that's why Bama's ranked two ahead of LSU in, in the, the polls coming into the year. And, and, um, and you look at, at Bama, like the last four years, they've lost a minimum of nine guys to the NFL draft. But I already have 12, I have 12 guys on this, on this list already that I think are going to be draftable again. So it's just, you know, it's the classic reload, reload for, uh, for Saban and Bama this year. You know, Todd, uh, you do a fabulous job on uh, recruiting and, and finding out about these guys. Uh, it's incredible the amount of, of input that you give the average fan out there of, of what the draft is like, which has kind of become a national holiday. How has this affected your job? I know you're going to be on the telecast tomorrow, but we love getting into the NFL draft, which is something that everybody follows from day one of a college football season. So how has this affected what you do in trying to figure out who is going to come out of the draft and be a potential number one and so on and so forth and the subsequent picks after that? I think it all works together. I mean, I, I get to, like I, usually it would be in person, but I have a Zoom call with, with uh, Nick Saban today and both coordinators for Bama and, and same with the Missouri coaches. And, and I, you know, we talked to Nick Bolton, the, the great linebacker from Missouri yesterday. We talked to, um, we talked to Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama and, and Dylan Moses, the, the linebacker who, who could be a first round pick versus a second round prospect. And um, is coming off the injury. So, like the access that I get and, and being on the field and being able to talk to all these people just kind of adds to what I do. And I've been doing this for, you know, going to games and, and covering it as a sideline analyst for seven years now, I think. So it, it, I think it's improved my ability to gain access and to get to know these players. I'm studying tape during the week regardless. So I'd rather spend it on the weekends going to actually talk to the people who are in charge and, and the actual players than sitting in a studio just watching games. ESPN's Todd McShay with us on 101 ESPN. Uh, we talk about Alabama, and you talk about how they do the same thing every year. 
that's I asked the question about Alabama because we're sitting here in St. Louis and we feel like we know nothing about Mizzou. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We have an unknown coach, a, a new staff. They're starting anew against Alabama. Uh, you, you mentioned that you talked to Bolton, but what should we expect from Mizzou this year? Not just tomorrow. They're a 27 and a half point underdog. But about what about this year? Well, I think the first thing is, this is, I think, a really good defense. I, I think Ryan Walters is, is really underrated. And to me, when, when you look at the decisions that were made when, when Eli Drinkwitz came in and took over the head coaching job, you don't often see a guy keep a coordinator. or More often than not, you don't, I should say. And I think it has everything to do with, with what he's done the last couple of years, the ability to adjust. I mean, when he first started – it was a little bit more zone scheme, and then he got a little bit more aggressive in terms of man coverage and, and blitzing and trying to pressure quarterbacks. And, you know, the, the end result is they finished 18th in the FBS last year in terms of points allowed, 19.4 uh, points per game allowed. So Walters, to me, is, is a good coach on the defensive side. Nick Bolton is one of the best linebackers in, in the country. He, he reminds me of, like, Zach Thomas, you know, the old Dolphins star. Um, Devin Bush a little bit, the Michigan star, who's now the, the inside, the you know, weak, weak inside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's that kind of player. Undersized, 5'11". He doesn't have, you know, probably like 230, 235, but flies around the field, plays so physically and aggressively and can cover. Um, on the offensive side, if you guys find out before kick who the quarterback is, give me a call. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you have my cell phone number. So, <laughs> I, Sean Robinson, I had to go back and study tape from two years ago. I watched the Ohio State tape of TCU, and he had a good game. He's mobile and he can do, you know, he can do some different things. And then I watched um, Connor Bazelak, who I I liked. I watched the, the uh, full Arkansas game, which was late in the year. I watched like the last 35 plays against Georgia, he hangs in the pocket. He layers the ball down the field with really good touch and accuracy, but he needs protection to be effective. And that's the difference. So against this Alabama team, my guess is Robinson probably makes more sense, but that I, I really, I was surprised about like how much I liked Basilek in, in watching those two games of tape in terms of how he can throw the ball around the field. Todd McShay is our guest. Todd, if somebody came up to you on the street and said, why is Nick Saban so good? Recruiting, schemes, getting the best players, what would you say? Uh, It's a relentless pursuit of doing everything the right way. It's not a pursuit of success or winning it's a pursuit of excelling in the process. And I think that's what, that's what he's mastered. That's what Bill Belichick has mastered. That's what Urban Meyer mastered. Um, that's what all the great coaches master. And, and it's so, <laughs> it sounds so easy, but I like every day I, I fail in it every single day. Cause I, I human nature is I, you want the result, right? You sit down with these coaches as long as I have been doing this and, and as many, I mean, I, I've talked to Nick 30 times in my life and, and every single time I'm, at, I'm trying to dig a little deeper into this kind of question, but I think the end result, if you had to dig down to like one thing, it's that he is obsessed with the process and not the result. 
and he, because over time he's learned that the result is a byproduct of the process. That's a, a great answer, Todd. Todd McShay, one more thing from me. With the Pac-12 coming back now, they're going to play seven. Big Ten's going to play nine. is going to play ten. So is uh, the, the ACC. Uh, Big 12 obviously has been playing since week one. Is there going to be the level of information that you as an evaluator feel like you need to prepare for the draft with all the big the Power Five conferences now at least playing some football? Yeah, way more. I mean, way more than what we expected to have. I mean, I, I, I've spent, spent a good time, a good percentage of, time, percentage of time in August talking to different people about what we could do to give these guys an opportunity if they couldn't play in the fall and assuming they didn't want to play in the spring, like talking to Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl and, and some different people. So it's great to see them come, be able to come back. And, and I'll say this too it, and I've said it on on Twitter, and and I've said it on College Football Live. I've said it on SportsCenter, and I'll say it everywhere I go to talk. The NCAA has to let any player that opted out because they were told they couldn't play college football this fall because there was not going to be college football this fall in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 or any other conference for that matter. Um, if they opted out and even hired an agent, I don't care if they hired an agent – suspend representation, but be allowed to come back and play. Like guys like Rondell Moore for Purdue, uh, Rashad Bateman for Minnesota. Like these guys need to be able to come back and play because they want to play and they were told that they can't. It's not their fault. And it's a unique year. So that's the one thing I'll say. But um but yeah, from an evaluation standpoint, absolutely. Seven games is especially in all in conference play, that's more than enough. And um I'm I'm just worried about the college football playoff committee with some you know some conferences playing 12 games some playing 10 some playing 8 7 like that's going to be the real tricky part and when we say seven games in the Pac 12 it may be five with the amount of games we're seeing postponed Todd, uh, Randy and I go far back uh, enough in radio. We worked with the legendary Joel Bushbaum. So I'm curious yeah. uh, what Joel meant to you in your career as far as being kind of the, the first to really get into what you do and how that has evolved in, in trying to evaluate talent and do these drafts. I still in my office, I have a, a I don't know, what you, like just like a little folder thing. Not a folder, but like a, a box, if you will. With the first from, I started in 99. I have from 99, I think, until around 2007-ish in that range. Because it continued beyond Joel, but it was never the same beyond Joel. Um, but I, I, I read every single one of them, every single page. And it, it, it helped me as I was learning as a young, a young guy coming in. I graduated college in 99. And so I was trying to learn how, like, what was important in terms of, terms of information. And then I, you know, I, I, I loved his structure of the background, the strengths, the weaknesses, projected pick, all of that. And then I obviously would go evaluate players and we would have very different evaluations on some players and similar on others. But I just, I learned from the way he wrote and then talked to guys in the league about how, how they structured their evaluations. But he, you know, he's the godfather, right? Kuiper, Kuiper made it into an industry, right? He mm-hmm. made it what it is today. And he is he's the character of all characters and I and I, I love him and can't stand them all at once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but Joel really he and Mel would say this like he he's the grandfather of it all. He he started everything. 
one time, and this is our last thing, I'm on with Joel, and somebody calls in and asks about Curtis Dickey, running back from Texas A&M that wound up being taken in the first round by the Colts. And Joel's he gives the scouting report, but his last line was, I'll never forget it, Unf- unfortunately, he's not quite as swift, swift upstairs, upstairs as he, as he is, is downstairs. downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's priceless. Classic stuff. Hey, Todd, we'll be watching uh, tomorrow. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it and enjoy your time. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. See you later.